You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So families in San Francisco, they're not feeling safe. They are hiring their own private security guard to patrol their neighborhoods. Now, we've talked about this throughout the pandemic in Portland. Business owners have hired their own security for certain blocks like the Entertainment District, downtown Seattle, just about every single big building the last couple of summers has hired security guard, you've got one or two security guards walking the perimeter. But this is the first time I've seen in um, in the media. And there's obviously there's other stories out there as well. This is the first time I've seen that families are basically saying, Yeah, we need more help than what we can get from the police right now. We're gonna hire we're gonna, we're gonna sub out our own security to security guards, private security. It's nuts. I mean, you should be able to count on the police to do this. But they're busy doing other stuff. And that whole defunding thing eh, it doesn't appear to be working out. So we're going to talk about that part two of this podcast. We're going to talk about the world's most famous tattoo artist. That's Kat Von D. You might know her from LA Inc. You might know her from dating Jesse James from Monster Garage. If you don't know any of these storylines, that's okay. It's not really that important. But they're interesting and they're entertaining. And then we're going to talk about why she is leaving California, closing down her studio and moving to Indiana, out of Cali, off to Indiana. That's a kind of a different one. But it's really not, is it? Because you got stuff like this in California going on. Ooh, not good. All right, before we jump on in, if you're new here, welcome. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. I read the news. Enough chit chat. Let's go. San Francisco families no longer feel safe. They hire private security amid crime spree. So that's kind of the big thing. We've been talking about a whole bunch of the uh, drugstores in San Francisco shutting down. Just incredible examples of public policy, which is, what was it? Um, proposition 47, 48. I can't remember that exact number. Whatever proposition it was that made it uh, just a misdemeanor, if you shoplifted under 950 bucks worth of goods, ah, you might get a ticket shoplifting off the hook in California, specifically in San Francisco. So we've got all these stores closing down. We've had, you know, a lot of media attention to, to what's going on. And yet things don't seem to be getting better, do they? Mm -mm. No, going in the wrong direction here. Yeah, and we're going to cover them. More than 150 families living in San Francisco have hired private security to patrol their streets amid brazen property crimes, with some saying they no longer feel safe in their own neighborhood. We, do, we don't feel safe in our own our neighborhood, one local resident told CBS San Francisco. And we have an alarm. We have cameras on our property, but we want the extra security of having someone having eyes on our place. So it's one thing to have, you know, you've got the ring doorbell and maybe you've got the, I've got the wise cameras at my house. So you record somebody doing something they shouldn't be doing. Doesn't really deter crime, does it? It just records it. And then you got to take that to the police and go, okay, my house got jacked. My car got broken into. Here's the guy. And guess what's going to happen at that point in time or gal. Let's, let's be honest. Crime is, um, you know, it can happen for either sex. But what, what what's happening there is that you're playing catch up, you're behind the crimes already happened, right? So they want to have an extra set of eyes on their place, or maybe their neighborhood, or, you know, whatever it is. 
Private community? Mm, not shocking, right? So the local resident and other families hired patrol special officer Alan Bayard, Bayard uh, to help patrol the streets of the city's marina district following repeated instances of car break-ins and home burglaries. And I was watching a, um, a dash cam that somebody would recorded of a guy just hopping out of a car, kind of going up a little, you know, those San Francisco incline hills, and um, just hopping out, breaking into cars, hopping back in. I mean, literally while the car is just in the lane of traffic and there's cars parked on the side of the street, getting out, just breaking into cars, opening up doors, stealing stuff, jumping in. I mean, this is in broad daylight, in traffic, not even like stealthy, just doing it crazy. It's a nice area down here. People are afraid of what's been going on, said Biard. They want a safe place to raise their kids. In the last year, I've had 10 of my clients move out of the city. So people are hiring this guy to come in and kind of hold it together. But a lot of people, they are uh, choosing to move out because of this stuff specifically. And remember the, the first summer of the Rona, summer of 2020? had a lot of famous celebrities and a lot of podcasters. Yeah, they just moved. A bunch of them moved to Texas, but a lot of them moved just anywhere out of California. And some of that has to do with the with the taxes, but a lot of it has to do with public policy. And a lot of, that, a lot of it has to do with the overreaching mandates going on, specifically coronavirus. Today is October 26th. Yesterday, King County, the county that I operate in and live in and work in, we went into a, uh, you got to have a vaccination um, paperwork to basically show, you know, your gym, show your restaurant, just about anywhere publicly, don't have to do it for grocery stores, um, and that kind of thing. But these other places, you know, you've, you've got to have vaccine paperwork. It's crazy. We've got some of the strictest here in the uh, in the state of Washington. So it's just come down to this thing where daily life without the vaccine here in the state of Washington, pretty tricky. It's difficult to get around and kind of lead your life and do your own thing if you choose not to have the jab. Patrol special officers are overseen by the police commission as they work in their capacity as private security, CBS San Francisco reported. Biard explained that he patrols the Marina District in his car from 8 p.m. until 5 a.m., looking for suspicious people. He charges $65 per residence each month. I thought that was super interesting. It's like, okay, all right. I don't want my car to get jacked. I don't want my house to get broken into. I want my kids to be safe. I want my significant other, whatever that is, to be safe. I want to be safe. 65 bucks a month. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Now that's if, if this does keep the crime down. I, it, this article doesn't really say that. However, let's just assume that if you have somebody patrolling around from eight until five, that's probably going to deter a little crime. He added that his business from residential clients has doubled since the coronavirus pandemic, starting with 70 families and growing to 150 families in the Marina District alone. 150 families. That's a lot of area to cover. That's pretty good size. 70 families, 70 homes, depending on how tightly they are packed. So you can drive around that and get around get around a neighborhood like that, even 150 families. And then there's those families who aren't paying, but they're getting the benefit of it as well. So got 150 families times 65 bucks, 
you know, that's some decent income there. But you're providing a service. What's crazy, this is in a public city in the United States, hiring private security guards, off-duty police, whatever it is, right? Another Marina District resident, Alan Brown, has lived in the area for 20 years and was asked whether crime has gotten worse in recent days. That's the big excuse. Ah, it's a big city. It's got, you know, big city crime issues. Nothing new. This is, yeah, that's pretty normal. This is not normal. The stuff that's going on is not normal. One of, uh, one of my listeners slash viewers sent me uh, a number of links to what's going on in Portland, and I am way behind on Portland. Each time I go to report on Portland, some other significant crime event happens, and it's like, man, I got to add that one as well. Just you've got a bunch of stuff going on in Portland, um, and I am going to get to that. I just I keep having these other topics come up, and it's like, all right, I need to do a batch on Portland, but Portland gave Chicago a run for shootings this past weekend. I think like 33 shootings. Going to talk about that. I mean, they, they've just got, you know, it's, it's crazy the amount of crime going on. So people say, well, these are big cities. You've got big city crime problems. It feels like this is a little different, doesn't it? I mean, it just feels like we are way above kind of just ah, normal big city. So the question here is, uh, asked whether crime has gotten worse in recent days. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This place used to be nothing would ever happen here. He responded. This is the security guard guy. One local resident added that it's not uncommon to see stolen property outside her home. Comforting and noted that she doesn't walk with a purse outside at night. So these are people that have lived there for who knows how long, but they've lived there long enough to know, oh yeah, it's gotten way worse. And that's because we basically made a misdemeanor out of all crimes in a lot of these cities, Seattle included. So you can go out, you can steal stuff. And even if you do get arrested, but you're probably not going to because the police are working on crimes more important than property crime. And at this point in time, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about property crime. So drug addicts can get, steal your goods, fence them, sell them, get their next fix. That's the bottom line here, right? All right. So uh, one local resident added that it's not uncommon to see stolen property outside her home and noted she doesn't walk with a purse outside at night, especially at night. I don't walk with a purse. I'll drive or I'll take an Uber and it's beginning to become a daytime problem too. Car burglaries are the biggest problem for the area, Baird told CBS San Francisco, while petty th theft and burglaries are also common. The city's central district, which includes tourist hotspots such as Fisherman's Wharf and Chinatown, struggled with a staggering, get this number, staggering 753% increase in car break-ins from May 2020 to May 2021. 753% increase in car break-ins. Statistically, that's a lot. Right. I mean, that's an incredible number. 753% increase. Even if you tweak those numbers to, ah, I just want to get an extra 100% out of this. So say you're down at 653. That's still a lot. Say 250%. That's a lot. But we are triple that. We are literally almost exactly triple that. We're at 753%. So saying that big city, big crime, mm, no you've got other significant forces at work here, right? 
the criminals are just, I mean, you've probably seen the footage of criminals marching right in with their bikes into like a Walgreens or a CVS or a Target, loading up a bag, driving their bike right out the front door. Security guard just can't really do much. I mean, they're not really equipped to do that. And that's not really their thing. And uh, so when you got somebody doing an active crime, you just kind of let them walk out the front door. Again, you catch them on video. What good's that going to do? Nothing. It's just not. Instances of the crime have continued over the summer and into the fall. Just last week, a person was seen on video breaking car windows in the city's Fisherman Wharf area and stealing items from the vehicles. That's probably the dash cam that I saw. Yeah, it is the dash cam that I saw. And they show show the windows all boarded up. And on top of the windows all boarded up, you got the big plywood on, on the windows. You've had a whole bunch of graffiti. Now you've got sections of the graffiti painted over with like dark primer. It just looks it just looks terrible. It looks awful. Yeah. A TikTok star and Australian singer-songwriter visiting the city also said last week that he was robbed at gunpoint in the Marina District with the suspects taking equipment from his parked car. That's not a good look. Hey, come visit the uh, Mission District in San Francisco or the Marina District. You may or may not get robbed, but come to San Francisco anyway. I mean, can't you see that on a, on a tourist video? Yeah, don't don't take clips from over there. Yeah, not 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 that area. Go to the safer area. Oh, that area is not safe either. Ah, all right. We're just going to do a voiceover from some community where we don't have this going on. That's how that video is going to go. But come to San Francisco. A lot of fun here. San Francisco Mayor London Breed, a Democrat, announced an up to one hundred thousand dollar reward last Tuesday for information to help identify, arrest, and convict the leaders of the organized car break-ins. Uh oh. While the mayor was speaking, a couple visiting the city from Seattle had their car broken into just a few blocks away. It's not funny, but I mean, what what else do you say? <laughs> That's kind of just what you expect, right? Come to San Francisco, get your car broken into. Don't worry, it's a rental car. But if you're, you know, take out the full insurance policy on your rental car. You just don't know what's going to happen here. It's a city of brotherly love, right? Isn't that the... Um, isn't that the San Francisco byline? Maybe byline of years past. So this happened just a few blocks from where Mayor London Breed announced a new plan to cut back on break-ins in San Francisco. The couple is visiting from Seattle. Local ABC reporter Leanne Melendez wrote in a tweet of the incident, accompanied by photos. For those of you on the audio, I'm going to describe what it is. It's a small Jeep SUV. Maybe it's just like mine, a Grand Cherokee whatever. You know, probably one of the most uh, common and average looking SUVs on the road. And that's why I drive it. Because I don't want to attack, attract attention. I just want to be able to go in and out and do my thing and not have anybody look at me hard to do that in, uh, you know, some flashy rig. But um, yeah, so their back window is just destroyed glass all over. This is the fine couple visiting from Seattle. All right, we got we got a Seattle, uh, Seattle, uh, common thread in there. All right. So yeah, 65 bucks a month. If enough people in your community sign up, you can have them drive around, check out what's going on. If I had a bunch of crime in my neighborhood, I would think about doing that as well. That's, you know, 65 bucks a month. All right. So that's like six Netflixes, right? Something like that. I break it down into like 10 or $15 increments. Could I figure out how to cut that from my budget and have security go around to my neighborhood? 
Probably, yeah, if that became an issue. And um, it's not an issue in my neighborhood so far. But we do have a hotel that's recently been purchased a little over a mile away, and that's going to become a homeless community. So let the fun times begin. All right, let's jump over to Kat Von D. This is important stuff here. This is critical stuff. You need to know this stuff. She's a tattoo artist. She had LA Inc. was her show. Now she's moving to Indiana, moving out of West Hollywood. I can't think of a, probably a better place to have a tattoo shop than Holly Weird. I mean, right? I mean, just, hey, let's go visit Kat Von D's uh, tattoo shop. And she came from LA Inc., the show. I don't know if you ever watched that. Probably not. I watch a lot of just weird random TV or videos. And that's where I picked up on her. Monster Garage, where her boyfriend, Jesse James, now he was kind of a jerk. But um, I like him too. They're entertaining. They're entertaining folks. Well, let's read about this for just a second. Because I mean, you want to know, right? Kat Von D really is putting her money where her mouth is. Almost a year after buying a historical home in southern Indiana, the 39-year-old tattoo artist and entrepreneur announced plans Monday to close her famous Hollywood tattoo shop and move to the Midwest permanently. That just sounds weird, doesn't it? It's like, okay, you're gonna go, you're a tattoo artist. You got you're all tatted up. Probably got some weird colored hair. Um, she's famous. She's had TV shows. Famous boyfriend. Um, she's in a band. You know what I mean? I mean, it, not somebody I would probably hang out with, but she's entertaining to watch as far as, hey, what is she doing? Kat Von D, whose real name is Catherine Von Dreckenberg, said she plans to reopen the shop in Indiana, where she bought the historic Benjamin Shank Mansion last December. Vive is in Switzerland County on the Indiana-Kentucky border and is about an hour from both Cincinnati and Louisville. She moved there from West Hollywood. She announced the move with an Instagram post Monday accompanied by a photographic emblazoned with the message, goodbye, California in big red letters. And she had some, yeah, and she's in like a black suit, typical, and she's got these big thigh high boots on, you know, just normal tattoo artist uh, garb and wear. So the more time we spend out there in Indiana, we realize we feel more at home there than we do here in LA, she said in the Instagram post. After much thought, um, we've decided we will permanently be moving to Indiana at the end of the year. We plan on selling our beautiful home here, and I will most likely uh, open a private studio in Indiana once we are done with the house remodeled there. All right, you don't really care about all that. Here's 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 how she kind of ends this this post. I didn't think it would make sense to keep it open if I wasn't present. And aside from coming back to work on music with my band, we don't plan on returning to LA very often, she wrote. LA basically made her career. Let's be honest. Yeah, LA Inc., all right, put her on the map. She did a lot of stuff there. She got famous, hanging out with famous people, does tattoos for famous people, very famous. Last year, she cited California's, get this, terrible policies, tyrannical government overreach, ridiculous taxing amongst more, uh, so much more corruption as her motivations for moving to uh, rural southern Indiana, as well as a desire to live in a small town and be closer to nature. All right. Yeah, that makes total sense, doesn't it? It's just, it's interesting to see somebody with a tattoo shop that's pretty famous, that's been pretty famous. She's one of those folks where 
if you don't keep an eye out for her, you wouldn't really notice the media, but she's always in the media doing something. Um, but she came down to terrible policies, tyrannical government overreach. Tell us how you really feel, Kat. I mean, what do you really think about California? And ridiculous taxing amongst so much more corruption. People leave in California, people hiring their own security. It's nuts, right? Not as nuts as Portland is right now, but on a much bigger scale because Portland's just so much smaller. So yeah, I mean, this is this is just going on. And um, so even people who have strong community ties and businesses that have gotten them where they want to be, they're saying, bye bye, I'm going to take my reputation with me, I'm going to go to Indiana, which is close to you know, the, the, the cities that we just talked about, none of them probably have the potential for West Hollywood or Hollywood as far as tattoo artistry goes, because, you know, uh, Indiana, I don't see that as being the capital of getting a tattoo. Just one of those things, you, know, you got rock stars, and you've got Hollywood folks and all that good stuff. And the whole set of people that that, um, you know, deals with that, that business structure. Not saying you don't have that in Indiana, but that's pretty much going the other direction as far as the whole tattoo deal goes, right? And don't forget, tattooing is an art. It is an art. I don't have any tattoos. A lot of friends and family, my kids have tattoos. Not really my thing. But if that's something you want to do, and I do respect a good tattoo, I just always come back to I wonder how that'll look when I, you know, if I got that, it, how would that look if I was really old? I don't want to talk about badly about somebody else. But I'm willing to talk about myself. All right, if I had that tattoo on my back, what's that going to look like when I'm 80 years old, if I make it to 80? What's that going to look like? Probably not all that great, right? So that's kind of the way I look at it. And I think ah, I'll probably pass, probably pass on tattooing. It just doesn't doesn't seem like a good idea. And something that seems really important to me today down the road, you know, it probably in the moment, it always seems like that's such a good idea. And I, I talk to so many people about that. And then they say, well, it, it's like a timestamp of where I was with that feeling in my life or that, you know, experience in my life. All right. Yeah, I guess I just go back and look at YouTube because I'll talk about this stuff, right? That's kind of my timestamp. But for others, maybe it's a tattoo. Maybe I'm missing something here. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not against them. But it's just not something that to me is something I'm clamoring after. Just not. But I found this super interesting from the standpoint of, oh, okay, yep, she's shutting her down. And she's going somewhere pretty opposite of the environment that that did make her famous. I'm sure there's more to that story. But the fact that she kind of came right out and said, Yeah, I don't want to be in California anymore. And the fact that residents are, you know, doing their own private security kind of tells you a lot, right? Tells you a lot. So that's where that's where we're at with California right now. Just so many stories coming out of California. It's crazy. All right, I'm going to go do a story on Portland because I've been babbling about that. I'm, I'm actually just I'm just going to I'm just going to go do it. So thanks so much for being with me on this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. If you've stuck with me to this point, 
um, you're here to the bitter end. So there's some changes, obviously, with the whole podcast look, and we will be having some shelves. I will install some shelves here very shortly, and we'll have cool stuff on the shelves because we need to fill up a little bit more of what we've got here on the YouTube screen. So we're working on that. So work in progress. How's that? It's a work in progress. Again, thanks so much for being here and being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I will catch up with you soon. Until then, stay safe. We'll talk again very, very soon. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.